got, I'm going to send you a link uh, to a Pokemon generator. It's called oh, yeah. random randompokemon.com. Yeah. Uh, if you go on that, I put it in the Discord chat, but if you can go on that, uh, and then you're going to get rid of legendaries and you're going to generate your own Pokemon team. This is your, this is, you're generating it once, and whatever you get given, that's your team. And we're going to just figure out what your universe-given Pokemon team is. So Universe-given. Yep. Yeah, untick the legendaries box, and then click on generate. Oh, yeah, I've got to enable the scripts on this website. Okay, or enable the scripts. scripts. Let it hack right. into your computer. Or can I do it all types, or can I have my own, choose what type I want? Uh, let's do, we'll do two. We'll do all types, one, all right. and then you can do a, a water type as well. Okay. Because I know that's uh, what I, you're going to want to well, go for. I like, I always choose a water starter in Pokemon, but if I had to choose a type to be a gym leader, it'd be steel type. Why is that? Uh, it's nothing beats steel. Steel is effective against everything. Is that so? <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right, okay. Oh, that's very good. I didn't know that, uh, but I've played a lot of that. Pokemon. I'll maintain that until the moment I discover otherwise. Yeah, I played a lot of Pokemon. I did not know that was a thing, but that's uh, yeah. that's that's fun. Okay, have you generated uh, your team? I'm gonna generate. Yes, I've also generated a team, and we're gonna put them up right. against each other. All right, and see who whose team wins. Uh, you got your team? Yep. All right. So starting from the top left, what Pokemon are you right. sending out first? Togepi. Togepi. Very <laughs> good. I'm sending yep. out a Tangler. Okay. Um, which is. Togepi only knows how to do metronome. I think it knows tackle as well, but it's like a baby Pokemon, so it's quite weak. Whereas Tangle is like a established Pokemon. So it's think... my XP farming Pokemon. I'm trying to get XP. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's why I've sent Togepi out first. Okay, but it gets defeated pretty easily by by Tangler, I think. Or, well, no, you're, I'm going to switch. You're, you're going to switch it out. Okay, you're switching out for your second Pokemon, which yeah. is Jangmu. 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 What's Jangmu? Jangmo. Jangmo. Jangmo O. Oh, that's a cool. That's a that's a. Uh, I think that's a legendary. No, it's not a legendary because we. It's not a legendary. No. I think it might be like a pseudo legendary. I think it's like a pretty. It's it's a pretty. I'm pretty sure the evolved form of this got its own movie. Maybe I might be completely wrong, but that's a cool Pokemon. What what type, what type is it? I think it's from. Dragon. Sun and Moon. Yeah. I don't know where it. Where, Generation it Seven. Yeah. Is that Sun and Moon? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. I didn't. I only played through those once, and I, and I didn't play much beyond actually playing through it. So I don't know loads. Of and those games. and it's Dragon, another Pokemon type to which there are no um no. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, of course, uh, yeah, yeah. Weaknesses. So yeah. <laughs> so obviously it beats your Tangler, but you're one ahead of me. <laughs> yeah, it beats it beats so, my Tangler. So what do you send on after Tangler? <laughs> uh, I send in Lilip. Oh, uh, Lilip is of course from generation 3. It's a uh it's a plant fossil ro- rock and grass pokemon. Okay. Rock and grass fossil pokemon. Um it's not that strong to be honest and it's also not really it's not evolved but it can put pokemon to sleep I think. It's got oh, it's got confuse ray. It's got like I can't, it's not got it's not got it, you can learn a sleep spell but it's not got it already but I, I, I think yours probably beats it in that. To be honest, Dragon type, like we said, not much can beat it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, these these do like pretty even fights. What's your third Pokemon? Uh, Cofagrigus. 
coffin. Oh, the uh, like Coffer a ghost, address. the ghost, ghost rock yeah, type. Yeah, coffin. I think it is. Yeah, from it's the like best generation, generation, generation five. five. The very best generation. Uh, my third Pokemon is Krabby, uh, which definitely loses to Cofagrius. Okay. Um, <laughs> Krabby, of course, being the crab from Generation One. Uh, yeah. People say that Pokemon like ideas they run out of ideas <laughs> over time. But when you've got a Pokemon that's a crab and you call it Krabby, Krabby, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe you started with less ideas than you give give, give him credit for. Uh, what's your fourth Pokemon coming out? Uh, speaking of that, mine was is Chinchino, which is just Chinchino. a chinchilla. It's just a chinchilla. It's the it's the normal type chinchilla, isn't it? Uh, yeah. My fourth Pokemon is also a normal type. It's Bidoof. Oh, yeah. Bidoof. Okay. The, uh, <laughs> the the generation four uh, HM slave. So that's yeah. uh, that's good. I, th- I think Chinchilla beats Bidoof, to be honest. Um, you think so? All right. Yeah, Bidoof's a weak, a weak guy. Number five, uh, Diglett. Mine's a Sandslash, Ground type, Ooh. but Sandslash definitely beats Diglett. Okay. Did you did you see the new the new Diglett thing in the new game? Yes. That's. Uh... I don't know what to think about that. Final Pokemon. <laughs> Final Pokemon. Uh, I, th- I think you might beat me. I've got Zed Striker. I've got Lantern. Okay. Lantern, Lantern, is... Lantern is a electric type as well. I think. No, yeah, water electric. So Zed Striker is definitely going to beat it. Yeah. Well, very good. Well, well water was... electric is a weird combo. I know. Like I have got a rock grass type as well. I guess well, double the effectiveness, double the weaknesses. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. Right. Well, that was fun. Welcome to the Nerd Under Geek, Nerd Under Geek podcast, uh, episode eighty-five. I am your host, Cal Doughty, and I'm joined, as always, by a man who sometimes gets knocked down by cars, by gangsters. He gets he gets shot. He gets arrested by police. It's just an everyday <laughs> life. But every time something happens to him, he just appears outside the hospital, good to go again. It's everybody's friend, <laughs> Scott Hunter. Hi. Uh, hello, Scott. How are you doing? Steel type gym trainer. Steel, the steel type gym trainer, Scott Hunter. Steel Scott, they call him. Steely Scott. <laughs> His name but, was Steely please, Scott. Please do not make my acronym for my name SS. <laughs> <laughs> I work with someone whose initials are SS. And I when we really likes the SS. No, no, no. <laughs> whose initials are SS. And when they send out uh, letters which has initials on, we have to put their middle middle initial in as well to yeah. avoid sending customers letters containing SS on it. Yes, uh, you would we've, do though, wouldn't you? We've not like we've not done it and, and then and then had to change it because it offended someone. We just n- have never taken the risk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, I don't seems, think I don't think you would. <laughs> it seems like a bad a bad risk to take. How are you doing, Scott? Yeah, I'm pretty all right, really. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been all right a couple of weeks. Average. Well, that's good because moving last time... in a positive direction. I was feeling quite bad. Moving in a positive direction, you might say. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Why not? Why not? What, what sort of what sort of positive? What, what are you moving towards? Uh, I'm moving towards a less stressed, more free place in my life. Too blessed to be stressed, you could say. Oh my god. Yeah. Maybe. How blessed are you? Um, I mean, moderately. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I'm doing all right, aren't I? Are you blessed? I could be the I, I, by whom? I don't know. But when you say too blessed to be stressed, I always assumed it's like a religious thing. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't really believe in blessing, really. Hmm. Okay. I, I know it's not a very exciting answer. 
<laughs> How blessed are you? Well, I don't really believe in it. Okay. I don't really, well, yeah, exactly. Oh, very well. well okay, it's well, why, why I can't trend big on like TikTok or anything. I won't say. Because <laughs> you I'm won't blessed. say. I won't, I won't tell you how to manifest or um, whatever they call it. <laughs> What's the trend on TikTok right now? Do you ever look at that? Uh, I, I'm not a TikToker. I'm scared what of is, it. I, I, it is, it's a scary place and it ruins people's attention span even more than it is already being ruined, to be honest. I've but... seen Instagram try and become TikTok. Yes. Uh, and Instagram, is... oh, I've been getting some really weird ads on Instagram. I've shown you. So <laughs> so Instagram, I, they've given me, um, I had one about psychic healing or like tuning to like a ghost frequency and like get healed. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, go, so <laughs> like tuning to divine frequencies. I Wait, had one. By frequency, do you mean like a radio frequency? Yeah, like a radio frequency. That's spooky. Goes, Have you yeah. done it? No, I've not done it. Have you got a radio? Yeah. No, you have to go to their website to get the frequency. That's going to get. That's going to give you a it. virus if I ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I got like get your post-divorce body back, but like aimed <laughs> at women. So it's like these jeans will make your ass look really nice. <laughs> and like it's like I, when I left my husband, I never thought that like my body would look this good again. What is so... it with people who go through breakups and are suddenly like, I'm going to sort myself... Apparently, like, in the form of the course of the relationship, they've completely let themselves go. Like, they're lazy. They don't exercise. They don't do anything. And then Yeah, they, you've, and then, you've and not done any of that. And then suddenly, not... like... <laughs> and then suddenly they're like, oh... I'm going to get back to how I was at the start of the relationship and then someone will love me again. I, 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 just I know. Like, well, did, did you have a f- phase um, of, like, go, of like, I'm going to get myself back in shape No, you got divorced? <laughs> I just sort of... I, I I didn't go with the idea that... I mean, uh, you you know what happened in my divorce, but it was it was not necessarily my fault. And so uh, I, think I, I think I sort of yeah, just thought, yeah. oh, I'm still pretty good. I'm just going to go back out yeah, there and yeah. see, see how things go. Dear reader... They went pretty yeah, well. Cool. They went pretty good. They went pretty well. Doing good. Um, and I've done that, but also I sent you this one. I got an ad on Instagram that was straight up like advertising fake banknotes and like spoofed um, debit cards. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that that like... shop. I don't know how that made it. Or I guess Instagram has like very little moderation if you want to like put an ad up. I'm sure it got I... reported, but like. <laughs> I'm willing to bet that was like a honey trap. By yeah, the it, it must be like a sting or something. Yeah, <laughs> because it's know, literally that's... an Instagram ad that is like, buy some fake banknotes off us. Here's our WhatsApp. <laughs> uh, Would you like to commit a crime? Sign like, up here. <laughs> it, yeah, like if you were in the market, but why would you go with a WhatsApp ad? Yeah. But, um. Yeah. They're very... going to put one up that just says hot children in your area. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And see, so, see who goes for it. Uh, all I can think is the cops know I'm into something. They're testing to see what it is. <laughs> is it ghosts? <laughs> is, is it, it ghost- bank cuts? Is, is, is it like post-divorce body? We'll, we'll get him on something. <laughs> we'll, we'll get this freak on Fake something. Bank yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay, we've tried the ghost. We've tried the, the, the divorce body. <laughs> yeah, we're running uh, out of ideas. I'm interested to see what I'll get next. Maybe like weaponry or. It's, um... it, it's interesting because. Like, it's all algorithm based. Yeah, and it's not like you've only just started using Instagram. Like when I first signed up to TikTok, and it had no, it had no idea what I liked or anything. It served me some of the weirdest shit. Like yeah. people just exercising with like their not with their tits fully out, but like just with full on cleavage. And then the next one would be like just a bunch of um, 
people in another country. I couldn't understand their language. Just like a bunch of teenagers doing drugs. Yeah. And I, I and it's just like, this, this is just sort of trying to figure out. Then it's like a kitten. It's just trying to figure out what I like. And it's, but a lot of it was um, scantily clad women. But like in normal like workout clothes, just, they just had massive boobs. All right. Basically so out. I'm just going to say, you and I both using the TikTok app, we would go down very different roads, I feel. Oh yeah, probably. <laughs> eventually, I had to quickly because I, I did it. And I, I, got, I set it up when when we went to when we went on holiday, and I was just like loaded up in the airport for like the first time. I had to quickly shut it down because I, I was like, well, I'm in public. What the hell? This is so. <laughs> this is so many stuff that I should not be looking at in public. And I was like showing it to to my partner, and she was like, "This is this is baffling. I've never seen anything like that." But it's the first time I've like I've used mm. it. It's it's it was. Um, very odd. Very, very. Odd. I, I don't. I don't trust it. I don't trust TikTok. And my youngest brother uses TikTok all the time, and he can't sit through a film. Okay. As in, like, he doesn't like yeah. films because he doesn't. He can't sit through. I'm not yeah. saying it's all TikTok's fault, but I can't. I don't men, think that a developing men, mind. Men, men, many other deficiencies in his life contributed well, yeah. to your, your youngest brother's. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't. I don't think like um, as someone with a developing mind going on something yeah. which gives serotonin in ten second bursts is a good thing. Yeah. In the same way that I don't think necessarily having a mobile phone on on you in general is mm. necessarily a good thing. But we don't need to go into all that stuff. I don't need to share my. I don't need to put to force my opinions down people's throats. Not about these things anyway. I can do that about video games, which is what we're going to talk about uh, very shortly. What's the best thing that ha- that's happened to you in the past two weeks, Scott? Um. Uh, oh, um, the UCU strikes happened. Very um, good. So at my work, I was involved in another workplace strike at my actual what, work. What are the what are the um, odds? I didn't organise this one. Uh, the teaching staff at my work, uh, which is a college, uh, went on strike, and I was admin staff, so it was not my dispute. But I still did not go into work. Uh, a bit of education, if you want to know about some of your employment rights, at least at the time of recording. Um, yeah, if you're listening to this in five years' time, or even like so, five months' time, based on how the government's going, maybe check these rights are still accurate. Uh, trust will never enact anything. Uh, yeah, true, <laughs> true, very true. Um, and but like, um, so if you're if there's a strike at your workplace, as long as you're employed by the same employer, um, then you don't have to go in, even if it's not your dispute. So, yeah, you don't have to cross the strike, line. though. Right? Pardon? You do have to go support the strike, though, right? Or you, mean, you have to have seen been at the picket line? You don't have to cross the picket line, yeah. But Right, okay, I gotcha. But you have to have tried. Um, no, you don't have to try, but you have to have seen the picket line. Yes, that's it. That's so, kind of like trying to cross it, though. You just turn up, see it, and then but go But yeah, you don't, you don't have to like try and force your way or, through. Better yet, not... <laughs> jo- better yet, join the picket line. Yeah, get get involved. Uh, anyway, um, so um, as far as I know, they're balloting on a deal, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, because they're meant to be on strike yesterday and today, uh, but that is called off while they vote on the deal. So we'll see. I had to bloody go into work in that case. Well, not my oh. first choice. <laughs> <laughs> Never is. Yeah, <laughs> I don't oh. mind working. I I, I don't I, I don't mind working. I enjoy. I, enjoy I have working. I have more. If any, if any future employers just, uh, are listening to this, uh, <laughs> just, I, I'm just on board with busy, working. Just very busy at work currently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Lots of people want, want things from me, um, but I don't necessarily want to give them. 
<laughs> Scott works as a hooker. Uh, the <laughs> the trends on TikTok right now. Um, I just said like... I worked in a college. What kind? Of, what do you take me for? This is the future liberals want. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've got some TikTok trends here. Okay. Like. Uh, 14 TikTok trends for 2022. This is from Hoopsuite.com. Uh, trending dances. I think there's always been a trend, but okay. Edgy humour, glow-ups, seamless transitions, being vulnerable. Do they mean gender transitions? I don't or, know. Um, maybe. Or just maybe. transitions in general? No idea. Being vulnerable is a, a big one, apparently. Um... Asking for other creators to participate in the comments. That's a big trend at the mm. moment. TikTok to your family. Oh, what's big right now on TikTok, Scott? Referencing current pop culture. I see. This is a stupid wow. article. Wow. Shall we talk about some things that we've done over the past couple of weeks? Unless you want yeah. to ask me how I am. Oh, how are you? Yeah, pretty good, thanks. Yeah. Uh, let's I, talk I, I about... <laughs> It's been an uneventful couple of weeks, but I've, I'm, I'm feeling significantly better than I did on the previous podcast. Uh, I feel normal again, which is nice. Uh, everything seems to have settled, so I'm in a I'm in a I'm in a pretty good, pretty good place. Got a lot of got a lot of energy again, which is which is nice. Uh, my doctor mentioned again. Um, oh yeah, we'll do your medication for about six months and then maybe look at taking you off of it. And I had to be like, I'm never going off of this again, doc. <laughs> I'm never. I'm not going through that again. That was some of the worst. I, it's a common thing. It's a regular thing. It's just like, I go on the medication. I feel great. Doctors go, oh, okay, we'll see about coming, taking you off of it now. I come off of yeah. it. I slowly get more anxious over the course of six months. I get, a, I have a mental breakdown. I go on it again. Yeah. How about we just skip all those steps and I stay on it? I'm back on some medication now. Very good. How are you so, feeling with it? Uh, it well, it's, it's for one... But, um, I'll just say it's sexually. I don't know why I'm being coy about naming it. Um, <laughs> it's one where the first two weeks you're on it, it actually makes you worse and then you feel yes. better. That's uh, most medication, Scott. Yeah. It's all, um, It's actually not as bad as the first time I went, in, on, it, went on it. Okay. I went That's on it good. for the first time, like, what, a couple of years ago? And um, that was a real trip, going on surgery the first time and coming off it the first time was, like, two of the most, like, weird weeks. Yeah. Uh, very, like, I would take it... And I just need to lie down, and I'd have no energy. This time, it's kind of. I don't know if it's because I'm taking it in the morning this time, and or something. Oh, or... I would always recommend taking it in the morning. Like I don't know if that actually makes a difference, but any time I've taken it at night, I don't yeah. sleep. Yeah, I'm just um, awake for the entire. So, night. yeah, I've, I'm like a week in, and it's kind of all right actually. I, I've not felt as bad as I did going on it the last time, so I don't know if that means it's going to have less of an effect when it after the two weeks or what. But we'll have a look. We'll see. Well, you sound like you're in a pretty good place right now. It's, it's okay. <clears throat> Let's talk about Splatoon 3 because after the podcast, well, actually on the podcast last time, oh, I talked a little you bit, heard I me in real time about, buying Splatoon 3. Yeah, I talked a little about how much I was enjoying Splatoon 3. You asked me to encourage you to get it. I did so, and so you then got it. Um, how have you found it? Yeah, I've played, the Switch has me on over 20 hours played, which as you would know, if I play a video game for more than like five hours, that's a ringing endorsement. Yeah, and let me one. read through. Let me read through your recent uh, okay. Switch games before Splatoon three and how long you spent on them. Okay. Uh, Seconds. Uh, just loading it up now. I feel like this is being read back to me in court. 
Pokemon Legends Ar- Arceus. Five hours. Oh, yeah, and I liked that game. <laughs> Kirby. Fifteen hours. Yeah, actually. I completed uh, that. That, that. To be fair, I completed that. I couldn't have played more. I completed that game. Cuphead, 15 hours. Doom 2. Like, you know you what? You've got a few 15 hours on here. Doom so 15 2, 15 hours. hours. Doom 1, 15 hours. Pycross S8, it doesn't currently say. Splatoon 3, in less time than you've had these other games. Yeah. 25 hours. Far less time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I passed Two 25 weeks. while we were playing it yeah. just now. We had some warm-up Splatoon. We did have some warm-up Splatoon ahead of, ahead, of the, ahead of the podcast. Yeah, it's uh, really good, Cal. It's... Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon, one hour. I think yeah. mine's similar, to be honest, because actually I don't think that game's very good. Oh, like, well. I, I, I tried it a bit. We praised I, it at I, the time. We did. I think I praised it on initially playing it, but eventually I just hit a point. I was like, actually, this isn't doing it for me. Like, on uh, on the regs. Um, Splatoon 3, though. What's your what's your initial thoughts? Or what, what were your initial thoughts? Oh, and how have they been across the time that we've played it? I'm enjoying being into a multiplayer shooter again. It is a nice feeling. Yeah. There's something yeah. quite nice about just a pick-up-and-play multiplayer shooter where you just sort of go and just shoot a load of stuff, right? Yeah, but you can play with other people online. Uh, yeah, it's really good. I actually, the first weekend I bought it was Splatfest, which is slightly weird because yes, it's a weird everyone time to is be in, in all the f- a f- whole, like, the whole playing population split into thirds, and you could only go with people of your team for that weekend. Yeah. And it's like matchmaking took a lot longer. <laughs> And because also, you're, because you're looking for people specifically, for and your also team. the 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 matchmaking was really off because um, you only had to go with people of your team. So I remember I lost a lot more in Splatfest weekend. Yeah, I think I think I sort of went through waves in the Splatfest weekend where it depends on almost the time of day where I was playing. Yeah, like I was waiting. I had to play at certain times of day, like when the adults had got up on my team. Yeah, to 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 join in with me rather than the children. Um, that's Splatfest weekend. I've really enjoyed it actually. Uh, so Splatfest for those who don't know. Uh, Splatoon's multiplayer mode is a Turf Wars tile thing where the idea is you have to ink as much ground as possible and you have to ink more ground than the enemy team. Uh, in Splatfest, it's that over the course of a weekend, but everyone picks one of three teams. The most recent one was, uh, if you're gone on a desert island, would you bring gear, food, or fun? Um, and so every team's like doing these, Splatfest, these Turf Wars against each other and the team that gets the most points overall is the winner and occasionally there's a there's a, a separate mode called tricolor wars which annoyingly is is like the the chance of it popping is quite rare and i didn't get to play it at all i played I got, about i got one in i played a good 10 hours maybe a little bit longer over that weekend and i didn't play it once i got one in i won as the defender oh well done cotton badge uh, um you you which which so you picked which team did you pick i team picked grub i was team grub Great team grub. I thought you team fun. Oh, was I team? I was whatever's the yellow one. Team, team fun. You're a team, I was fun. team fun. Right. Okay. Yeah, uh, I was team gear, uh, which means that the first weekend Scott had it, he's like, "Oh, do you want to play Splatoon, Callum?" Which, by the way, listener, Scott never invites me to play any games. So <laughs> the the fact that he was like, "Oh, let's play Splatoon together," I was like, "Oh God, this is this is the <laughs> mo- the moment we're going to play the game together," and then we couldn't join each other's team. It was a very weird time to join. But since then, we've played. Quite a few, quite a few times together. Actually, um, it's been it's been good. Has your time been mostly spent on turf wars? Yeah, it has. I played some of the single player. The single player is all right. Challenge levels, yeah, um, nice discreet little challenge levels. Yeah, I mean, the single player. It's a bit mean to call it a tutorial because it is like challenging and it is like a thing in its own right. But it also it will take you through 
all the different weapons and like stuff yeah. that you will do in a multiplayer game. Yes. Yeah, it get, it does get challenging a lot more challenging later on as well. Like the final level in that, like the secret level you unlock after completing the single player, took me three hours to do it. Okay. Just of going like over and over. It was a, it was very difficult. Maybe a little bit less than three hours. But I generally. It was a, it was a lot. Generally, found single player to be the thing that I'll play if I can't get into if I I know I'm going to get interrupted because it's like oh I can't play multiplayer because I might get interrupted in the middle of it. So yeah. single player I can just play. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, most favorite multiplayer is good. I've got my, my I've got my gear load out. I like the Sploosh-O-Matic, which is the shortest range, but like high damage and high rate of fire. Yeah, so the there's game. lots of different there's lots of different weapons in Splatoon. It's not just you have playing with different weapons. It's like a whole things. different game. Yeah, it's a. I said it before. It's like a Monster Hunters type thing of like you have a different weapon and it just feels completely different, and you sort of get into your groove of like the weapon that you're maining. Like mine's this. Um, it's called the point fifty six gal, and it's it's like a a slow firing assault rifle with a little bit less range. But if you like two hits, is all it takes to kill to, to defeat like an enemy. Um, but it's also pretty like good at inking loads of areas, and if once you've inked enough. It like gets a special where it shoots lasers across the across the map, which is which is always fun. Uh, so and that's become like my weapon of choice. Where I try to pick other weapons, and nothing really, everything feel. I'm like this is shit. Everywhere every other weapon is bad, apart from the one that I'm I've played fifty hours with. And it's just it you sort of get into a groove of weapon, don't you? Like what what what's yeah. your what's your weapon? It's for Splushomatic, so it's short range, high damage, high rate of fire. What sort uh, of like fire is it? What do you mean? Is, is it like an assault rifle? Or is yeah, it like it's, like, it's like automatic. It's like automatic. Okay, it's so. like an automatic rifle. Okay, right. Because you can get uh, like you can get like these buckets yeah, which yeah. like shoot bubbles across the across the map. Uh, you can get little snipers. Uh, what roll, I especially like, like paintbrushes is the melee classes underestimate how much damage I do at short range, and yes. they charge me, and I get them before they can get me. Yes. Very good. Yeah, and they do that a few times as well, yeah. usually in, in a match, because they're like, oh, you must have got a luck, lucky shot, but nope. You're, um, no, you're, I do too much damage at close range. Don't get yeah. close to me. You, you, to, <laughs> to, to beat me, you've got to stay far away. <laughs> you've got to, like, like a cartoon. You hold him at yeah. arm's length. Yeah, he's yeah. Just trying to swing um, um, My special is the hammer, which is really good for moving into the enemy base, but you're quite vulnerable when you use it. I don't think hammer users are that vulnerable. Like, I understand, like, if someone gets behind you, they can do some decent yeah. damage, but you move so quickly and you yeah. can turn quite effectively as well. I always, I think that's the special I struggle the most to deal with because yeah. I get scared and I just sort of, you know, <laughs> you know, like in a horror movie or like in, yeah. in like, like action movies where people are running away from something and they just run in a straight line. You're like, why don't you just turn to the Maybe left? Maybe like for Blob. Yeah. Like the blob. That's what I do with hammer users. I'm just like running in a straight line away <laughs> from them and they just destroy me. I don't think to move left or right. It's um they're they're scary. The I've been I've been dipping into ranked modes. So oh, yeah. other than like, the turtles, there's the ranked modes which have like a tower defense type thing, like an area defense, there's like a payload pushing, like an overwatch. And it's really good. I've worked my way up to you start at C minus rank, I think. And you have to do the ranked modes works in like matches of five where you can either win five matches and then your your ranked ses session like your ranked run is over or you if you lose three matches your ranked run is over and you can pause at any time so it's not like you have to do all of them in one in one go and then once you've done all of those either lost three or won five it gives you a score which then boosts your level up to the next uh, you, once you've got enough points you go up to the next rank 
So I'm on A plus at the moment, which is which is pretty good. But it does mean that it's so really hard. To play again. It's really hard now. I've um I, the other night it's it's not ranked. Whereas Turf Wars I find quite relaxing. Like it's it's high energy, but you're inking ground. It doesn't matter about shooting other players necessarily. Like you do have to do occasionally, but it's less of a focus, and you're more about inking the ground just to try and ink, like ink the most space and get the highest percentage. The the ranked game modes is a lot more almost like typical multiplayer shooter focused of like you are, you are expected to be taking down the enemy on top of like doing the objective and it's a lot more frenzied and thus a, a bit more like it's a, there's an added layer of stress to it all which yeah. because I'm not playing with people that I know in ranked I can't communicate or anything with them it's sort of luck of the draw whether I get a good team or not yeah and if I'm on a bad team and I'm losing a bunch of matches in a row, and then thus not gaining the points at the end of it, that's kind of frustrating, especially because you can drop down ranks as well. And sometimes, due to things that feel almost out of my control, because it's just luck of the draw of who I've been placed with. It is a heavily team-based game, and if you have a one-week link... Yeah, so the other night I was was always already in a bit of a bad mood. I think I was just tired, to be honest, but I, I I wasn't feeling like as perky as I am now, for example... And I was like, oh, okay, I'll do some Splatoon. I'll, I'll load up some rank stuff and try and get my rank a little bit higher. And I was A+. Plus, and I lost so many matches in a row that I'm I'm about to go back down to A. And it was frustrating because I was like, I'm, there's nothing else I can do here in these matches other than what I'm doing. And yet I'm about to lose because of it. Um, never never swore at my team. I mean, they can't hear me anyway because there's no voice yeah. chat, thankfully, or any text chat or anything. But uh, I don't know. I, I, you remember I, the I, Nintendo Online mobile app? No one uses that. <laughs> Do you remember? Do you remember? <laughs> I I logged onto it once actually the other day because you can order things in the game yeah. in Splatoon exclusively from the app, and I ordered some some of those things and that was it. Um, but you know it's uh, it's it's fine. Uh, the the rank mode is very good as long as you're in the right headspace to, to play it. I think, and as long as you don't get clam blitz because clam blitz sucks. That's all I'm saying. Uh, what do you think about the style of the game? Like, obviously, you've not done something like this before. What about the way it controls? Have you got motion controls on? I d- yeah, because it's designed for motion controls. It is. Are you doing you it handheld obviously. or not? No, I'm doing it uh, mostly with uh, docked. Okay, very good. Yeah, yeah. So, so I play with a pro controller. It's docked in. Oh, do you? Um, oh, yeah. I, I got, oh, I got right. a pro controller, Scott. <laughs> no Joy-Cons <laughs> for me, thank you. I think the Joy-Cons might be one of the worst controllers ever. <laughs> yeah. I'm putting out that I don't like the Joy-Cons. Um, yeah, the motion controls take some getting used to, I think. But it felt like for you, Scott, Scott's not always... <coughs> trying to think of how to put this diplomatically. There's some games that you're really good at. And I've got my ones special that, games. You've got your special games, and it's usually ones where you've had a bit of practice in, and you you know them like the back of your hand, and you're, and you're pretty good at them. Um, Splatoon 3... You kind of just were just immediately good out the gate. <laughs> like I, I'm fairly good at the game because I played Splatoon one. I played a lot of Splatoon two, and I've played quite a bit of Splatoon three as well. So I, you know, I'm pretty good at the game now. But you sort of just picked it up and were just immediately as good as me. And I, that I've was got, I've got a natural talent. Really fun for and interesting and weird to see of just like oh he's just the best on the team. <laughs> Like consi- <laughs> consistently, not even just like every so yeah. often, just like consistently, just the top of the of the ladder, and I've just had challenges trying to keep up with you. It's um, 
yeah, that was that. You, you've 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 come out the gate swinging, and that's that's impressive. Uh, I don't know. It's just I've got a natural talent for Splatoon for being a squid kid for for being a squid now and a kid now a squid now and a kid now. Yeah. <laughs> Any other thoughts about Splatoon Three, Scott? Um, I'm really enjoying it. I'm looking forward to playing it even more. Yes, I'll play it anytime. I if if we weren't doing this podcast, I think we would have ended up playing more Splatoon Three all night. To be honest, probably yeah. Uh, do you want to play but... Splatoon Three after this podcast? Yeah, right. We got I got time. We could do well, some. We got time. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let's I wrap this to, up quickly. Then. I might have to get up early tomorrow, but we'll see. Uh, we, we we can see how you feel at the end of the podcast. All right, cool. Um, that's Splatoon Three uh, out on Nintendo Switch. For... You, you've got more going on this week. Maybe, should I go? Maybe. Should I go next? I uh, talked I'm a lot going, about Splatoon I'm going Three. To eat some leftover spicy beef. Okay, and you, you and mute you your mic while you eat. <laughs> you <laughs> Ask me a question every now and then. All right. Um, I will jump to. So we're getting into spooky season. Getting into Halloween time, and I'm not a big spooky horror kind of guy. Uh, Scott Scott's very much focusing on that that side of things. Usually, mm. you know, he's he's the He's the horror fanatic. Uh, but there is one sort of horror-adjacent thing that I really like, and I've liked for a few years, and that's a YouTube series called Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared, which is a... Uh, it's like a comedy horror, really. It's, it's a parody of children's puppet TV shows, and it goes to some really, really dark places. So it follows these three characters, Red Guy, Yellow Guy, and Duck, and they live together... And they go on wacky adventures, and those adventures always go south in some of the most disturbing body horror kind of ways. Like, characters get dismembered, their like faces open up. One of them ages to death really quickly, like a clock causes them just to age dramatically. Like in M. Night uh, Shyamalan's old. Like the M. Night Shyamalan's old, yeah. But uh, in, <laughs> in the YouTube short... So but not a, on a beach. But not on a beach. In a YouTube series, it's six episodes, each from about six minutes each. They came out of the course of a few years, and it's one of my favourite things. Scott, you've seen my you've seen my study. I've got a picture of Yellow Guy in my yep. study, for example. Yep. I've got a jump. I've got a, a, a long sleeved top, which is a "Don't hug me, I'm scared" top. You know, I'm I'm a big fan of "Don't hug me, I'm scared." And last week, it's uh, they released their. Ch- they got they got picked up basically a little while ago to make a Channel Four show of "Don't hug me, I'm scared." Oh. And last week it released, and it's six episodes. Each thirty minutes each um, of this. Don't hug me. I'm scared. And it's absolutely fucking brilliant. It's uh, it's incredibly funny. Like maybe funnier than the original YouTube was. It's got incredible scope, and I absolutely love it. I've seen the first three episodes so far. Um, I'm sort of watching them as they come out, rather than because you can watch them all on all four now, all six episodes, or they're showing it every Friday. I think I'm doing two episodes every single Friday, so I've been doing that because I kind of want to support it on TV itself rather than just on their streaming app. It's just really, really good. Um, the first episode is about jobs, where all of the characters get a job, but the job is like a weird sort of like capitalist hellscape, and Duck doesn't want to work because he doesn't. He wants to just sit at home and have fun with everyone, and then he has to. He gets fired and he has to leave like a leaving appraisal to a horrible dog and then he gets sort of like eaten up and then I mean it... that's just life. I know that's just life. What happens with Don't Hug Me I'm Scared is it starts off sort of fairly funny 
and almost normal. And then as the episode gets on, it gets darker and darker before the very end. It's like just the darkest thing. Episode two is about uh, a funeral. Duck finds out that he's dead. He reads in the newspaper that he's dead. And so he has to have a funeral for him. And death comes and he, he, he dies and everything. Meanwhile, the other characters try and find a replacement for Duck. In episode three is about family where they go to... They get picked up by these twins, these weird-looking twins, and um, get taken to be taught about what a family is. All of it's like like the theme is the sort of theme you would have for like a children's show of mm. like oh dealing with like jobs or dealing with your family and things. But it goes to some just some very dark places, and it's it's super funny, super unnerving, and dark and a bit scary. Especially uh, each episode has been scarier than the last and almost a bit less funny than the last. So I think similar to like the way the episodes themselves work, I think the series itself, as it goes okay. along, is going to transition into darker and darker, scarier territory. Mm. It's really great. Um, it's I'm surprised of how well it's made the transition from you, six-minute YouTube episodes, <laughs> which they made over the course of a few years, mm. to six 30-minute TV episodes. Um, it, it's like it's not lost anything in the progress. And in fact, it's maybe like improved over that over that sort of with the bigger budget and everything the only thing i don't really like about it is that the voices feel a bit off but that's only gonna be a problem for me who's watched the youtube series like 10 times you know like those those character voices are in my head and they sound a bit different now i don't know if they changed the voice actors or not or if they've got like maybe they, they just sound a bit different because it's years later and lots of things have happened in those years I, I don't know but the voices feel a little bit off but don't hug me i'm scared on Channel 4 every Friday and on all four, all the all the episodes now. Scott, I'd recommend giving it a go, to be honest. Yeah, I, I mean, I've might... seen the original YouTube. Oh, have you? Oh, brilliant. Okay, yeah, I've not. I've not seen much beyond that. You, yeah, well, that's that's it. It's just the YouTube series and now it's just this series as well. That's that's all it is. Um, So, yeah, all four, give it a go. I, th- I think you would quite like it, Scott, especially the Jobs episode. I think you'll watch the Jobs episode okay. and be like, oh, man, this is, this is the good stuff. Um, It's very good. What is something that you've been doing or watching? Uh, I've been watching a little-known show um, called Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad? With Breaking Bad with Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul and oh, friends. Yeah. What's yeah. That? What's, what's, I've not heard of that before. It's an unassuming little show. Uh, you might call it a cult hit. Okay, um, yeah. About, yeah. Like, about, like an indie uh, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a real sleeper. I mean, only, you know, you have to really be into your TV to know about this one. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> about an unassuming um, man called Walter White who uh, makes some ill-advised decisions uh, oh. regarding uh, the drug business. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. So this is your... I, I'm. We're doing, a, we're doing a bit. I know what, I know what Breaking Bad is. I've seen Breaking Bad. Scott's also seen it before. We I have. Better Call Saul on in, this podcast. In, in the wake of uh, the, the Better Call Saul finale, I decided, and I was kind of stuck for something to watch. I was, um, I've been, you know, lost interest in the stuff I was watching before. So I thought I would do a rewatch of Breaking Bad because I didn't know, as I was said to you, I said in this podcast, if I could watch a Breaking Bad universe show where Bob Odenkirk wasn't in the lead anymore. Because yes. I was not so into medical soul. I've He's got say, in it a lot less than you would think. Yeah, as well. I mean, when does um, Bob Odenkirk first appear? Season in, two, um... I think. Is he in two? All I right. think he's midway through season two. Is when he shows right. up. Because I'm midway through two, but I've not. Um, maybe seen it's him in, yet. The, in the later half. Like, maybe, yeah. Let me let me maybe. find out. When does Saul show up 
Breaking Bad. Yeah, season two. All right. I've got that to look forward to. But yeah, uh, this, is, this is my first time watching it since about 2012, 13-ish. I watched it kind of in the lead up to the finale airing. And then I kind of watched the finale it's... around the time it aired. No, it wouldn't be 2012. That's 10 years ago, Scott. And I would have been 20. We would have been 20 years old yeah, playing not... our Wii U's and 3DS's. No, because I... Watch um... it. Where was I when I watched that? You were in Manchester. I, I was in Manchester already, but I think I'd been at work, like the, the place I worked at that time, for a while at that point. I feel like it would have been... It's probably 2013, actually, the finale. Yeah, it, yeah. I remember watching it in around 2013 time. Yeah, I could see it. Uh, so, it's kind of nine years. Nine years ago, kind of nearly ten, really, getting on for ten. I watched it, and, and well, I've got to say, it's my experience watching it as a 30-year-old is very different to my memory of watching it as a 20-year-old. Oh, yeah, because I, yeah, I watched it. I've not watched it since my early 20s. Yeah, I think I seem to remember watching it and being like, all this like family drama stuff is boring. When are they going to get to like the drug, the drug game? When when's Walt gonna sell more drugs? <laughs> um, and now like it's polar opposite. I'm like, no, wait. But the, the show's about this family drama. The the slow family stuff's the best bits. Yeah, because that's where all the characters lie. All the drug stuff is just um. Just like the, yeah, that's the, um, actually like this is actually the, a character the, show. The, it's about know? how the drug stuff affects all everyone else around it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's an extremely character-driven show. I think maybe I'm just like you know because as you get older, your sense of empathy kind of incre- is supposed to increase. Yeah. Uh, if you, if you don't become a Tory, uh, <laughs> your, your sense of empathy will just sort of increase. Uh, definitely between age at like 20 and 30, right? Because your brain doesn't stop properly growing to it's like 25 or something. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, correct. I, I def- something always... I definitely found. Yeah, I've, said, I've it... said a few times recently that someone's not a person until they're 25. Okay. Um, I mean, just to talk generally about kind of aging into our 30s. I definitely found in the latter half of my 20s, I found myself a lot more empathetic, a lot more affected by like movies and TV shows, especially yeah. like death in movies and TV shows. Yeah. Um, and stuff yeah, like I, that. I, so, I'm a lot more emotional at these sort of things than I used to be. Yeah, I yeah. always used to be kind of emotional at shows and TV and TV and movies and things, but it definitely feels a lot more recently than I. Than De- I used definitely to be. feel like when I was 20 years old, I watched Breaking Bad, and I was like, "Oh, all this drug stuff is fun." Like it's, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, obviously it's not fun situations they're in, but it felt like, "Oh, I want to see, I want to see Walt really get into the drug game." No, I'm like, yeah. "Walt, what are you doing, man?" Yeah, don't get into the drug. You, you have the real treasure is what you have in your family, mate. <laughs> don't, 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 why are you throwing it all away? Well, we know why Walt's throwing it all away because it. Second point. Wow, Walt's a massive asshole to everybody. From the get-go as well. Yeah, from, like, from the very it's first not episode. Even like, it's not even a build-up or anything. Yeah. It's not like... People say, oh, yeah, he becomes this more horrible, dark character. It's there from the very beginning. Yeah, this guy he... sucks. Um, and this is fueled by like seeing um, Brian, Cranston, Brian Cranston's cameo in the, the Better Call Saul finale and being reminded, like, oh, wow, Walt is a dickhead. And, yeah, Walt sucks. Yeah. Uh, from the very first episode, like as he's just te- doing his job, like teaching his class and stuff, he's like he oozes like bitterness and resentment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's kind of lord- lording like 
just gets his kits from like um, intellectually bullying like high school kids. Yeah, yeah. He he sees himself as like better than his brother-in-law, even though his brother-in-law is like a successful police officer. Um, like he just sees himself as like a so above everything. Blames else. everything on everybody else. Yeah, everyone else's faults, and then got, of a, course, got a big ego, sense of inadequacy. Yeah. And then, of course, the cancer comes, and is that is that that's the first episode as well? That is first episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You find out. You, yeah, yeah. Because he then he starts the whole cooking thing, as a, almost as a result, right? Like obviously, it's not because of that. Like the 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 him breaking bad is not because he has like people go, oh, it's a commentary on the American healthcare system and how it'll mm. put you in debt because of the because of the way that healthcare costs. And it's like there was no. Well, well, you have to remember, and I this it's an important point that in like episode two or something or three, uh, Walt's rich friend like offers to pay for all his medical bills. Yeah, yeah. This is but not a Walt, story about someone but, who needs the money. But Walt will not accept because of his pride and because he see. Well, he's really bitter because obviously his friend, his former business partner Elliot, is with um, Gretchen, who Walt had a thing with. And what's stuck with stupid Skyler. Skyler. <laughs> who is and, actually um, maybe one of the best characters in the entire show. And, and, and Walt has a... Uh, as he says in the Bear Call Soul finale, he has like a rant of like... He feels like the, you know, the company... He, you know, he helped found this company. He's like, all their success was up to me. And I got screwed out of it. And, and so on. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Um... I, I maybe I should rewatch this because I. How, how is this character sympathetic to anyone? The thing is, he was though. You know, like I, I think he's sympathetic to a lot of people, and I like thinking on it now. I don't really get it, but I, I remember at a time again. Yeah, I felt fairly sympathetic towards him as I, well. I would say he's a compelling character, and yes. Brian Cranston performs him very well. Um, maybe that's it though. Maybe that's, I wouldn't say he's it. like Brian Cranston is inherently a bit sympathetic. I feel like people sympathise with Hannibal, though. That that's true. People, you know? sim- I mean, people also sympathise with all sorts of people. Exactly. But, um, but yeah, what well, what is a it's a tale of this man who just destroys everyone's lives around him. He does, yeah. He ruins everyone's life. Like I, I know we never see Skylar necessarily after the finale. We never got like a a what's going on with her in Better Call Saul or anything. But you can't imagine she bounces back from it. You know, from no, Breaking I, Bad at all. I, I believe the, the last we hear is that she took a deal with, like, the feds. Yeah. The federal government. So, yeah. There we go. Um, poor Walter Jr. Poor Walter Jr. Walter who Jr. looks up to his dad so much for some reason. For some then... reason. <laughs> I suppose some people just sort of force themselves to look at, like, you know... I mean, father, I mean you know, he is his dad, right? Yeah. So he's... Yeah. Um Very. Yeah, it's 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 a compelling, incredibly compelling uh, show. What what account the number of times Hank makes a joke and then only he laughs? Hank that's is that very, guy. Hank that's is a that very guy. good. He will like a joke. He makes a joke and then he goes, ha, ha, ha. Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Hank again is a is a is a incredibly compelling character that I would never want to hang out with. Like, <laughs> yeah, I would never want to hang around with Walt. I'd never want to hang around with. with uh, with I I I do Hank. I do feel that if I had like a thirty minute conversation with Hank, I could like convince him that the police are bad. Actually, I'm not so sure. <laughs> I, I think he's one of those. I think he would very much shut it down with like, yeah, but you know, different opinions and all that. And then that would be the end of the conversation. He'd go back to drinking his 
Also, beer or whatever. super weird to look at America in 2008 and, like, a time before, like, cannabis was legal anywhere in the United States and, like, the attitude people had towards it. Oh, yes, it's changed significantly. And, and, and America, of of not that long ago, only, like, um, what, 14 years ago. And, yeah, yeah, the attitude towards uh, weed is so different. Significantly so. today. Yeah, massive, massive, massive difference. Uh, yeah, Hank, Hank is, is quite proud of, like, busting those sort of, even those small-time sort of things. Pot, isn't he? The, the, yeah. They're like the, the um, what's his name? Hugo, the, uh, the school um, janitor who gets, like, Fired and his life ruined for having a small amount of weed in his car. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just like the, the all the suburbanites, like just their reaction to the idea of someone smoking weed. I would believe there's a, still a lot of people who are like that. Yeah, I guess so. You've but, got a, um, a big cultural change. Yeah, massively so, especially so now with uh, Biden. Yeah. Um, pardoning, but all Biden of those... doing some federal part. To to be fair, I want to point out. Biden's only pardoned a relatively small number of people in the American jail system. America still incarcerates most people per capita of um, oh, yeah, of any time. of any like basically any nation on earth. But you know, it's better than nothing. It's a it's step better. in the right it's direction. A, it, it's a half. It's like a tenth measure. Yeah. Um, but but you know, I know it's an incredibly side point. I know it's an incredibly low bar to clear. But Biden is probably the best American president of our lifetimes. <laughs> Like, wow! Yeah, yeah, like you're probably right. It, he hasn't got much competition, to be honest. But no. They're all pretty awful. Um, but Biden's probably the best of the ones we've seen, which is in impressive, our considering I don't think he knows what's going on most of the yeah, time. Yeah, but he um, cancelled some student debt. Not as much as he should have cancelled all of it, but he cancelled some of it. He freed some people. Not as many as he should have freed, but he freed some people. Uh, he's um, pulled out of Afghanistan. <laughs> you know. You've got to imagine uh, that these things are little steps towards greater progress, though. Right? I, 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 I don't know, man. I don't know. But um, best president of our lifetimes. Um, Good work. Low bar, low bar <laughs> Good, to clear. Good work, Biden. Obama um, is the worst. He just comes, he just wakes up and he goes, <laughs> oh, we've got to do this thing. And then someone goes, oh, we're not doing that. He goes, oh, come on, man. And then they're come like, on, okay, we'll do it. Fine. All right. Fine. Uh, uh, Obama, break- worst president of our lifetimes. I don't really have a, a much of a picture. Beyond, beyond just going to put that out there. And it's guess who was president when Breaking Bad was on? It was Obama. Obama? Uh, but it's, well, it's very much season a... one. It might be George W. was was last year, but yeah, that the Obama years was a weird time for TV. I feel like you, was... in what way? I don't know. How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> <laughs> remember that? Remember, remember we that? Big ba- the, the Big Bang Theory? Yeah. Another deeply Obama era show. There you go. See, <laughs> yeah, exactly. but a Big Bang Theory ran through the Trump years as well. Crazy. God. God. Parks and Rec, Parks and Rec's aged badly. I like Parks and Rec still, but I'm it's still, a very I'm Obama a big, era show. It is, speaking. I still quite like it, but yeah, it definitely is. Uh, you've uh, got a couple so, of points about breaking. No, I breaking do have more points. Break. Okay, um, so I believe the writers of Breaking Bad have said that they plotted out the first season in advance, and then from season two, switched to a writing format where they basically just wrote each episode at a time and didn't really plan out where it was going to go yeah my understanding was for season two that's the opening with the bear in the in the swimming pool right is they wrote this thing of this stuff in a swimming pool and then at some point in the series they thought we've got to get to that thing 
It's the yeah. same thing with the, with the finale where Walt gets a shotgun out of the out of the car. And they man, wrote that into the episode, and then they have to work their way towards it later on. Uh, you can really tell that they stop plotting it in advance. Of <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe it's just foreknowledge as well, but just stuff like um, remember how there's a. In the season two, episode two, they go back to like the bear in the pool and they're fishing stuff out of it and they fish out Walt's glasses in like an evidence bag and it's like, you had no idea where that was going. <laughs> yeah. You you just put that in there. It's like, oh, what happens to Walt? No. Oh, it turns out he was uh, sat by the pool when it happened. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> I think uh, that is what happens, isn't it? He's sat yeah, like, at his yeah. house or something. He's sat by yeah. the pool and it turns out, oh, it's the pool at his house and this yeah, thing that yeah. he caused, this happened. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> And they're not even fishing for evidence for him. They're just fishing general evidence yes. because of the plane crash. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a that's a. <laughs> I yeah, think it's you... a good. I think it's a good bait and switch. I think it's a good. No. I think it's an interesting way to write television. But the, the problem is, is they didn't know when they wrote it whether it was bait or switch. But does that matter when the ending works? Uh, the ending does work. And the thing is, um, Breaking Bad just about gets away with it. Yeah. All right. Just about gets away with it. Uh, the end product was good, which is why you know they. They, they get a pass. Uh, there are a few moments in the series. I've said it before. They spend three episodes buying that car wash. It's um, <laughs> I, I can't I can't wait to get to the car wash arc again. Um, also, is it three episodes? It, That's it's, not all they're doing though. Is it it's in the ages. No, but it takes them ages to buy that car wash. Um, and also, do you remember the bit? Uh, where you remember Ted Skyler's like former boss and one time yeah, lover Ted, and, and the one uh, he ends but, up paralyzed. They, they realize they've written themselves into a, cor- a corner because Ted knows that Walt is Heisenberg, and then the writers are like, "Oh shit!" There's literally no reason why he wouldn't immediately tell the police. Yeah. Uh, so they have him slip on a rug and like go into a coma. Oh, but it's okay. They called the episode "Rug." That makes it smart. <laughs> they did that. Because the episode in which it happens is called Rug. That, that somehow <laughs> makes it smart. Yeah, they knew they were going to write that in advance. That's always where his plot line was going. <laughs> yeah, they I do. See, okay. But the thing is, that's how a lot of TV is written in general, really, isn't it? You know, you, you can't necessarily... You're sitting down in a writer's room. You've got to plan this stuff in some form of like order but still give freedom for the other writers in the writer's room to have their individual <laughs> episodes and do their own thing and so it's almost like a plot by necessity you know well, how does this all fit together in the end oh it's because of all this stuff that leads through it all I, I think I, a lot I feel of TV like it's written that way but I, I feel Breaking like it feels a bit more in the writer's room but the editor should be like hey whoa uh, Ted, no. Why does T- Ted need to know who Heisenberg is? Maybe we should. Uh, he has no reason not to tell. They should be happened in the editing stage, because you you're meant to have like a showrunner and a script editor being like, hey, we, we you know we need to this plot needs to go a certain direction. Hey, what Vince wants, Vince gets. All right. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, Big, you 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 can tell that Vince Gilligan, um, Gilligan Gallagher. Gilligan. 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 Uh, cut his teeth on the X-Files. Uh, because the X-Files has similar writing problems <laughs> as well. And I, and I love the X-Files. Um, but the X-Files has similar like structural problems of just but, not knowing but, where it was see, going. I, I just don't necessarily see it as a structural problem because I, it, it very much feels almost like... It's like jazz, you know. So sometimes people slip on rugs in real life. Exactly. You can't say that they don't. No, the plot. So, the, sometimes the plot feels... people learn the identity of an infamous drug lord, and then they just <laughs> slip on a rug. 
and, and they go into a coma it for the rest of the series. It doesn't feel like it's been like plans to a T. Almost, almost sort of like what's what's what is it called when you get like a bunch of audiences together to to talk to you about like focus what... focus grouped. Yeah, it doesn't feel focus grouped to be as as appealing as possible. It just sort of feels like a story that's been cobbled together. But, and it almost uh, feels a bit more real because of that, I feel like. Yeah, course. Okay. It focus doesn't mean you have to focus group it if you plan out your plot in advance. Yeah, it does. I'll, t- I'll, 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 I'll tell you what, Cal. On the flip side, uh, the Star Wars sequels. They're what happen. They're what can also happen. Yeah, that is a sort of thing, where, isn't it? Yeah. When, when yeah. you don't plan it. And, and, you know, sometimes freestyle jazz, sometimes you're a Miles Davis or you're a John Coltrane. <laughs> and sometimes you're some guy no one remembers because you were really bad <laughs> at, at freestyle jazz. <laughs> but this, in this key. case, it's you know Breaking Bad that the jazz the jazz works. I I I would like to see more plot designed in that way, and maybe that's part of like why I enjoy things like One Piece and other mangas so much because it is almost just one creator. Kind of just winging it because you're, when you're creating something on a weekly basis or like a bi-weekly basis, you you can create things that you intend to come back to, but then you just got to figure out how you come back to them later. And yeah. I well, actually, I actually the really enjoy that. This is an interesting one because those run, you know, it, it's for out of necessity. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I and I, I just I just find that quite in, I, like seeing that from a, from Western sense as well in the sense of like in style of Breaking Bad. I quite like that style of storytelling where it is almost where you, where you can sort of see oh they've just figured it out at the end point. I, I I quite like being able to peek behind the curtain in that way, and maybe maybe it's, that's just that's just me being weird. I don't know, um, but it doesn't necessarily draw me out as much as maybe it does others. I I don't know how the the um you know they feel about it the the mangaka. I was a plural for mangaka. No, manga manga car is correct. Mangaka, yeah, that's the such thing. I don't know how um, plurals work in Japanese. Um, I don't know how they feel about it. It feels to me like creating a popular manga is like the worst fate you can have because then your employer's <laughs> like, "All right, you're drawing that for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, just, just have fun." They have get, fun. The thing is, they go onto lots of things and they end mangas typically when they want to. I mean, uh, Toriyama ended Dragon Ball when he wanted to. He did. Um, Naruto ended when they wanted it to. You know, it's it's uh, One Piece. And the, the author reason... of One Piece will just never stop. But I he guess. loves it. That's the reason why. Is uh, he because he loves it so much and he like he's almost forcing it onwards because because of his own perfectionism. I, 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 there's definitely mangaka who are almost roped into it and forced to do it a particular way. That's definitely the case. But I don't think it's necessarily like they're they're forced to keep telling this one particular story, because uh, eventually they have enough money where they don't have to, if they if they're the lucky ones. Um, Shout out to the Breaking Bad cast, by the way. They're all I forgot how good they all are. There's not a bad, not a bad performance. There's really, not a bad no. performance I, that I can remember in Breaking Bad. There are no bad performances. Like there's there's nowhere there's no like person I see where I'm like oh they're really where'd they get this loser. You know, and uh, as usual, Jesse suffers. Jesse Always. suffers a lot. Yeah, from a the fucking lot again in that from show. the get go, from the beginning. Oh, from the beginning, Walt shows like no regard for Jesse. Yeah. Um, my favorite little like Brian Cranston move is um when Tuco keep kept them hostage and he like gives them water for like the first time in like a day. Brian Cranston like bats Jesse out of the way to get the water. Great. Excellent. Like Walt, Walt just takes it first. That's it's such a great little direction. A great Walt mannerism, Walt, isn't it? Yeah. Of yeah. course, because of course he would. Yeah. 
That's so what? Obviously, you know? he would. Yeah, of course he'd do that. He's he he he's the one who needs to survive here. He's the brains behind the operation. Jesse's just the meatbag that does the work for him. I always find it interesting when people when people act like Walt really cares about Jesse and like Jesse treats Jesse as like his son because I just don't. He think obviously that's the case. doesn't. I just don't think that's the case. I think that's entirely projection from the audience's point of view. Oh well, that's very that's very good. I'm glad, I'm glad you're enjoying. It. I'm Breaking Bad's good. Yeah. Turns out Breaking Bad, a uh, a the, almost ten year old show, one of the most critically acclaimed yeah. TV shows <laughs> yeah, of all time. It's pretty. It good. turns out it's pretty good. <laughs> but those are my experiences of watching it again as a man went from a boy to a man as a mature thirty year old man. What's your a, experience? Leave us a comment below. A new perspective on life. Let us know if you're a man or a boy, <laughs> or or neither. Yeah. <laughs> or a Muppet. I've been playing slash watching uh, Cyberpunk. I mentioned this briefly in the podcast oh, yeah. last time that I was going to be doing this, and so I did it. I recommended against it, if I remember. You did, you did. Um, <laughs> I'll start with the game, I think, because there's, is there, there's an anime out, and the, and the game's been out for ages, and we've made fun of it on this very podcast. And the, it's game, the anime of the game. The anime is well. It's all based on a pen and paper role playing game. Yeah, yeah. World. Created. But the pen and paper role playing game is quite a generic cyberpunk world. But that's what started cyberpunk, though. So of course it's the generic what? cyberpunk. No world. wait, it's what, no, it's what started no, it. no wait, no, it's not. Yeah, it is. It started. It <laughs> no, invented it. No, no, it's not. Yeah, it is. It invented it. Wait, are you being serious? Right? Yeah, it's inve- invented cyberpunk. <laughs> it came up with cyberpunk. That's why it's called yeah. cyberpunk. And that's why no, everything. I, that's that's not true. <laughs> Here it is. What? what? No, the cyberpunk genre goes back to uh, to novels. Yeah, when this like game was near about that. The game was a novel. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm trying. I can't. You're joking with <laughs> you me can, right yeah, now. I'm also joking. With you. <laughs> I because because I know that you can't. You care quite a bit about some novels and this sort of thing. <laughs> Oh, Scott likes books. Oh, you better mess with him. <laughs> Gonna mess with old book hunter over here. Yeah, all right, I see. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's based right, on the. Tell it's... me about cyberpunk. <laughs> so it's based on the old pen and paper role playing games. Um, it's based it's based on that world, I suppose. It's not actually based on the the mechanics of the of the role playing games or anything. Obviously, obviously, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. The game, the anime is based on the game, based on the novel, but the anime doesn't follow the events of the game. It's just set in the same city, like that's the only connection it has, really. Um, the game, though, the game, the biggest failed launch until Overwatch two of the past few years. Yeah, uh, it's you know it 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 came out buggy. It came out uh, having been made under crunch conditions uh, from for for too long, and was just released as this absolute mess of broken promises, and and didn't run properly. And it was taken off of the PlayStation Store. I don't know if you remember that, but like I do, Sony yeah. PlayStation, like literally took it off of their store because they were getting the shit for this this terribly launched game. But it was also like the most hyped game. Of like the past, it was super hyped. Super yeah. hyped. So it was like maybe the most anticipated game of a long time. And CD Projekt Red was it 2019 when it launched or 2020? 
it was early 2020, so it didn't even okay. have the pandemic as an excuse. Mm. Um, I think it was early. It might have been late 2020. Actually, it might have been late 2020, so maybe it had a little bit of an excuse to the pandemic, but even then, that was sort of like, you know, that's the period where you want to be wrapping... I don't, I don't know enough about game development to comment on that, but but you know it's it's I, whatever happened, it launched in a in a terrible state, and it's good now. It turns out that game, when playing it on PlayStation Five, I can't comment on the PS4 or Xbox One versions, but when playing it on PS Five, that is a good first person role playing game. I don't know what I was expecting from it. Like it's, it's got it's got great feeling guns. It's got a, a fantastic world. Like the, the, that that night city is 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 absolutely stunning. Like it's 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 gorgeous, it's dirty, it's it's dreary, it's dark and yet it's also kind of beautiful at times like when you see the sky break through behind like behind these these overbearing claustrophobic streets it's it sort of just it, it it's, it's fantastic and then you have the moments where you'd leave the city and go to the wastelands on the outside and even though it's it's a literal trash heap out there there's there's it, there's a sense of being like almost free from the from the city that you've been sort of stuck in for a bit it's 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 exploring that world is absolutely fantastic i've done the breath of the wild thing where i've turned off the minimap and I'm just going. I'm, I'm navigating the world by looking at structures that I know, and I'm sort of following, making my own path to to objectives. And it's it's great that it lets me do that, and that I'm encouraged to explore. Because that's my that's my issue with a lot of open world games. In that I don't feel encouraged to explore. It's my issue with Horizon Forbidden West. It was my issue with fucking lots of, <laughs> lots of open world games. Um, but this game, I, I I want to explore that city. Uh, it's it's fantastic. Uh, the opening of the game is slow. It has the the RPG problem, which so many RPGs have, where it does not start the game. It doesn't like exactly go. What I would like to see, I think, is to give you a glimpse of what the game's going to be like on the off. You know, you do some exciting mission, then we can get the slow prologue stuff. Rather than we're going to spend three hours building up the story and can constantly take like control away from you, which is what this game does. If if I almost didn't stick with it. But after those three hours, it opens up and it's 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 really great. Um, the RPG. What like, sort of character are you playing? Wait, tell me what sort I, of character you're playing. What does that mean? I don't know. What what? How have you what? How are you styling your personality? Oh, Is it just right, kind yeah. of you, but in the game? Uh, or it's, have, it's, have you tried to take on a persona? What's what's interesting? So the characters, it's all it's like. Rather than it being like a Skyrim sort of thing where you can do, your character's a mute character who you just respond however you want to anything and you can sort of imagine your own character, it's more of a Mass Effect Witcher style character where there is a set character there. You know, like they've recorded dialogue for it and there's, there's dialogue options, but it's really just different versions or like different styles of the way that this, this set character would do it. So you you... Well, you do get to create your own character. You can make, make them look however you want and things, and your play style can change. In terms of how they act and how they react to things, it's typically in keeping with that character. That you, can, you can veer off in different the conversation in different ways, but the character is still in keeping with the way that they've been written, if that makes sense. like It's like Commander Shepard, where you know how Commander Shepard is going to react if you pick a happy reaction or a sad reaction or an angry reaction. It's that sort of thing. So it's and that's what I like in a role playing game. I don't like having to 
completely imagine my own character. I quite like filling the space of an, of an existing character and, and sort of adapting them my own way. In terms of playstyle, I'm I'm mostly sneaky. I'm like a sneaky hacker type, a charismatic sneaky hacker is is the is the way I play. Uh, whereas you could you could just go completely uncharismatic and just be incredibly strong. Um, it, it, the missions have a lot of versatility in how you approach them, and it's it's just it's just fun. Okay, it's just it's just a fun a fun RPG. I really like exploring it. The guns feel great. Uh, you're constantly given weapons. You were, oh, ne- yeah. you were never, you were never short for weapons. You can, you can get, you can, you can create your own weapons. Like you can build up your crafting to create your own weapons if you want to. But there's absolutely no point because anytime you do a mission, you're going to kill a load of enemies, and one of them's going to have a better gun than you currently have. So it's, it's just like, oh, just might as well just wait for that next gun to drop. Almost like in a Borderlands way, which is weird because it, it doesn't actually like, it doesn't draw you out of it. It's not, it's not a loot game. And yet, it does give you a lot of loot, but loot isn't the objective or anything. It's interesting. I like it a lot. Uh, there's been no tech issues in the time that I've played. It's gorgeous on PS5. It runs at 60 frames a second, 4K. Um, no tech issues. There's been some popping, but I get that with a lot of games, to be honest. You know, when when things just sort of like appear in the near distance ahead of you. I've seen that more and more in games recently. It feels like, uh, but. You know, sometimes you just get it together, game designers. Yes. Well, why are you all a bunch of shiftless bastards? Stop putting popping in your game. It's really easy. I think (laughs) I think that's one of the things I notice the most about games, and it always draws me out a little bit. But I also realise that that's just how games work and how games are designed. There's not really much you can do around that without making a incredibly crafted linear experience where you account for every single camera angle so that nothing looks out of place. Which I don't want every game to be like, but Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven the game, a lot of fun. It was twenty pounds until about a week ago. So when the oh, anime really? when the anime launched, it was they they put it down to half price. Otherwise, it's forty pounds. Okay. And okay. At, at twenty pounds, I don't feel, I, I could have not liked this game much and still not sort of feel like I was so wasting too much basically money. Basically, you want to wait until it gets on sale again. Yeah, if it hits about twenty pounds mark, I think I think is probably. A good a good place to jump in with this because it's gonna hit that price again. You know, they're not there's no way that it's gonna hit twenty pounds once and never hit that price again. It's uh... sorry to break it to you, Cyberpunk. <laughs> I think it's probably from what I played right now. It, it you know its full price is forty pounds. It's not like it's a sixty pound game or a seventy pound game, for example. Forty pounds is probably a good value for it as well. Um, but if you're gonna you know if it's gonna go on sale for twenty pounds, you might as well stick around and wait for it. The anime as well. Incredible! Uh, it got me to want to buy the game. You know, it, it, okay. I, the anime, the world, and everything that I was seeing, I was like, "Oh, I just, I want to be, I want to experience." Well, what's this world the plot of the anime? It follows a guy called David. He's a teenager who's living in poverty. His family is cyberpunk. Obviously, the, the the premise of that sort of thing is is very anti-capital and how and how capitalism really crushes the little man and what they got to do to sort of survive in those circumstances. Um, but circumstances force him to chrome up, which is basically in cyberpunk, you can mod your body with different, with different things. You cut into your body. In this case, he gets like a robotic spine put in, which lets him do some cool shit. Um, but he, he chromes up and he joins an underground group of cyberpunks and drops out of school. And the the plot of the of the show is he is with this group of cyberpunks fighting back against uh, an oppressive regime, but not not in like a grand sense, just in like a 
sort of personal sense. They're not fighting back against the entire government, for example. They're just fighting with the people who crossed them. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's, a, it's a really cool, very graphic show. Like there's a lot, there's a lot of blood. There's a lot of shooting. There's a lot of gore. There's, there's a there's sex in it, like full on, full blown sex. Oh, it's oh a it's a mature, mature, <laughs> gritty, gritty Sounds show. Very mature, you know, very mature, mature. For, for mature yeah, men. Yeah, for mature men. Um, the animation is insane. It's by Studio how, Trigger. How do you think you would have responded to it if you were twenty years old? Uh, I think it would have been the best show I'd ever seen in my <laughs> life. Um, as opposed to just being a good anime. Uh, the animation's insane, though. So Studio Trigger, they've made Brand New Animal. They've made Gurren Lagann. They've made Kill the Kill, Premiere. Everything they touch... You're making these up. Uh, those, are real, those are real anime. Um, everything they touch is just some of the most impeccably, brilliantly animated stuff out there. And this is no exception. Like it's really great seeing a studio that always does incredible work, but has given been given this massive video game like publisher budget to make a show to try and win back the audiences of, of a failed game launch. Yeah. And it's done it. Like Cyberpunk had its biggest week ever last week. It, it's had more players than Witcher Three ever had. You know, it's this show has single handedly revitalized that game because it's so fucking good. Well, CD Projekt Red has responded by announcing three more Witcher games. Yeah, so, and, and a Cyberpunk we'll sequel, so they uh, they are ready to they are ready to go all in on it. If I look at it, it's, it's really re- like I don't think there's been a scenario where a game with such a bad launch has been revitalized by a show, like by, by by like a TV show on net. <clears throat> you know, not necessarily on Netflix, mm. but just in general. Can you think of anything? Um. Not Castlevania because Castlevania wasn't revitalized. Castlevania um, also was already good, but but it is good then got bad. Oh yeah, and then the show point. that show is very good uh, as well. I'm trying to think now. Um, no, I can't. I think I think that's going to be the next trend. Is you're going to see a bunch of game companies being like, we need our own anime, and you're probably going to see a lot of bad video game anime come out soon. I mean, there's already some bad video game anime. That Dragon's Dogma anime was fucking. Dog shit. Dragon's dog shit. That's what it was. Um, I've not watched the Tekken anime yet, but I'm interested in seeing that at some point. Uh, you're a big Tekken fan that you are. I'm not, yeah, exactly. I don't really care for Tekken, but maybe I will after the anime. <laughs> maybe the next podcast should be like, Tekken's, I'm like, Tekken's the best thing ever. This is amazing. Um, I love Tekken and his friends. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, Cyberpunk is good. I really recommend the anime. It's ten episodes. It's on Netflix. It's very, very, very good. And uh, the game as well. You know, it's if you want a big sort of shooty science fictiony RPG and you don't want to play Mass Effect, give Cyberpunk a go. It's pretty good. Pretty, pretty. Unless you have, I mean, unless you have a weak PC. Or you're not playing on PS5 or Series X. Like I cannot comment what it's going to be like on the weaker or, stuff. Or you're prone to ste- seizures. Or you're prone to... I, don't, I think they might have fixed that. Alright. I think they might have fixed that stuff. If you say so. I have no idea. There's definitely a yeah. warning at the start, though, so... I don't know. Uh, what's I, this other have thing? Have you got one more thing? I've got one more thing, and you've got one more thing, so let's do your thing next. Alright, sure. Um, movie, Sissy 2022 movie. Uh, so, Cal... The, the have you heard of Shudder? The the streaming the horror service streaming for service, horror yes. movie. Okay, I've got to say, the the age where Netflix would greenlight anything is come to an end, but the age where Shudder will greenlight anything, 
is just starting. Just getting started. And, and what, an, what an age. All right. I wanted to like Shudder. Shudder, I thought, was an idea. I'm a horror fan, as you said. I wanted to like Shudder. The problem I had for several years is that Shudder put out nothing but hot shit for, like, <laughs> for several... Shudder, they were all, like, zero budget, looked terrible, um, you know, kind of rubbish thoughts. All right, not scary at all. Like, they were all bad. But recently, I've watched two good Shudder originals. Oh, okay? my God. Glory. I don't know if I talked about Glorious last week. Maybe, um... Maybe I'll talk about Glorious as well. Okay, we'll chuck that Gl- in. Glorious 2022. You did not talk about Glorious last week. All right. Glorious is a, a, is a movie. Wait, do you want to talk about, uh, do you want to talk about Sissy first? No, I'll talk about Glorious first. Okay, so we'll ignore, scratch uh, Sissy. <laughs> Forget what you heard about Sissy. Is Glorious on Shudder as well? Yes. Okay. It's another Shudder original. Okay. I've watched two good Shudder originals. Uh, and Glorious is basically, it's a two-character, there are some support, a couple of supporting characters, but it's basically a two-character show, uh, production, movie, yep. about a guy who um, is fleeing, you know, a, um, a breakup or like a, a messy breakup or some tragic event around his former partner. And he arrives in just sort of a random kind of roadside bathroom truck stop kind of thing in the middle of, in the woods. Uh, and he goes in and then... There's um someone starts talking to him from the bathroom store and it's the voice of J.K. Simmons. But oh, great voice! It, it, yeah, uh, who played and um the voice claims to be like some kind of ancient god oh. um, who needs his help uh, to stop uh, his father, the god's father, from devouring the universe. Okay, all right, and it, it goes from there. I won't spoil anything, but it's it's well acted um, from both J.K. Simmons. Really lends a touch of class. To the production, yeah. J.K. Uh, J.K. Simmons, uh, also J.K. Rowling, though, who does not a class. Oh anything. no, J.K. Simmons very different. Uh, is I feel like anything he appears in, I'm like, oh, this is a good thing now. Yeah. Um. So. Uh. Yeah, it's good. So it's played between the two people. You know, the main character is guilty over something. Um. Kind of a bit of a shitty guy, but uh, there's kind of a back and forth of what they're going to do. Uh. They got some fun little special effects. Uh. They keep it tight. It's it's like a fairly like short movie. It's kind of about eighty minutes, eighty two minutes or something. They keep it nice and tight, and they also they they keep it within the budget. A lot of, a problem I've seen with a lot of Shudder originals is they have low budgets and they try and do too much. And it's like oh this like meant to be like you know this is meant to be set in World War Two. They're clearly like running around in like a public footpath in like a forest. Right. You know, yeah. This but this one. It keeps it tight. It keeps it. It's basically in one set, one scene, the bathroom, and yeah, it it does well. So I recommend Glorious, and I also recommend Sissy. Sissy is an Australian Shudder original, which is two marks against it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it's all Australia. To overcome, you're not known for your film industry. Although I have seen, I guess Mad Max, um, and um, what's it called? Waking Fright. Was it a good movie? But that starred mostly British people. So this one, however, stars mostly Australians. Yeah, uh, this one, I believe, stars mostly Australians. Um, And uh, it's a slasher movie, but where the slasher is the main character. And it's kind of an unwilling slasher. Right, okay. So wait, what sort of slasher is he? Is he like a... Is he just like your average... Like, it's a a real person, but he becomes a slasher? Or is it like your... First of all... First of all, it's a woman, you sexist. Oh, sorry, uh, I'm second... sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 
Oh my god! I'm I sorry. can't believe you've done that. I can't believe you've done that. <laughs> Being cancelled. Look, most slashers are better, right? All right. I, 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 think, I, mean, I think slasher. I think that's a that's a guy murdering horrible, murdering murdering uh, people. I guess person. skip ahead a couple of minutes if you don't want spoilers. I recommend Sissy. It's a fun movie with a good twist. Is um, it scary? Uh, I wouldn't say it was scary. Okay. It's more of like a, a sort of... L- not a light horror. It's not a horror comedy. But it's um, it's kind of more of like a horror drama. A drama of horror elements. Okay. okay. Uh, all right, quick spoilers for Sissy. So the main character is Cecilia. Uh, she's kind of a, tw- a 20-something. Cecilia. Cecilia, yeah, 30-something. Uh, and she kind of is running around one day, and she, you know, in the pharmacy, and she meets um, her former, like, childhood best friend. Okay. Um, and over the course of the uh, the movie, we find out they basically fell out when they were, like, 12, because it's kind of ambiguous as to whether the best friend really liked her. The best friend had another friend who, like, teased her. Um, and then we find out that when they were 12, in a particularly bad instant, Sissy, like, stabbed the other girl. Oh, with like the, the the teasing girl, so there's Sissy, there's her best former best friend, and then there's the teasing girl, um, and yeah, she she stabbed with like a trowel. Well, that's not very nice. But anyway, that's not cool. But she was like a kid. Uh, anyway, they kind of meet, and it's kind of uh, between Sissy and her former friend. It's kind of like she wants to patch things up, and she gets invited. The friend's getting married, so Sissy gets invited to the hen weekend. Okay, with the yeah. girl she stabbed when they were children. Oh. And things come to a head, and Sissy kind of, not accidentally, but in the heat of a moment, hits, bashes her head in with a rock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and thing, and obviously we'll she's got to kill the others to stop her best friend finding out. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, so it's about this woman, so kind of things spiral from there, and she becomes a slasher kind of halfway through the movie. Um, right, so, and it, so, so it has so a fun... it's not a it's not a um, she's a mystical slasher. It's one no, of no, no. Okay. So it's a fun twist on the slasher genre. Um, my only complaint with the movie is it's got a bit of a mixed message. I'm not quite sure whether the movie because Sissy is like a social media influencer as well, and the idea is she's like a mental health influencer. So while she's um, and and she gets away with all the murders in the end, it kind of it looks like the the other friend did it. Okay, so. And then she's like, the end of the movie is her like preaching like wellness while being like, I was a, I survived these like murders and all that. Uh, I'm not sure what the movie has to say. Is I think the movie is going for like sissy through social media lives in like a bubble or something, right? And uh, she doesn't have to take responsibility for her actions. And to one be fair, that bubble burst. To be fair, sissy is quite victimized as well. Okay, yeah, I get you. But I, uh, the movie's got a bit of a mixed message. Maybe movies don't need messages sometimes. Maybe, but it's, the movie's trying to say something. I just maybe can't quite tell what. Maybe you're reading, well, you're reading well, into it. Well, maybe she was just a psycho killer. Yeah, exactly. And that's all, that's all we're meant to read into it. She's just a plain mental. Do you ever get annoyed at people who, like, when they think back to English classes, they're like, oh, teacher's trying to pretend like this book means something more. You know, why was the kite red? Uh, maybe it was just a red kite. I definitely do because the books that you study in school English are also like they're not subtle books. No, they're not. Like respect to, respect to John Steinbeck of Mice and Men is a classic, but it's chosen for school curricula because it's like it's very easily children like possible for teenagers. That. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, te- children can understand what's happening. Why was she wearing so... a red dress? Oh, maybe she's yeah, like the colour red. Yeah, that because that doesn't mean anything else. No, of course not. <laughs> 
So that's Sissy 2022 available on so, Shudder. And, and Glorious. And yeah, glorious. two good Shudder originals. I Maybe Shudder's going to come into its own. How much is Shudder? I don't know. Okay. I saw the par- I, I, Paramount. The, I found I, these two movies. I found them in a dumpster. All right. Legendary, Legendary Plus is a is a streaming thing now. I think. What you know the studio Legendary? I don't know. You know the, the Legendary. Legendary Pictures. Yeah. Um, it's rings a bell. So now they've loads it. of things. I think it's them. They've got their own. Yeah, they've got their own streaming thing now. Everyone wants a slice of a pie. Back to finding things on the internet. That's what I say. Um, finding things in dumpsters. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Sometimes you just find things, you know. Uh, last thing I watched. That's not the only thing I've watched, but it's the th- last thing I'm talking about. Fooly Cooly. FLCL uh, is a cult anime from the late 90s. It is six episodes long. I think there's two sequel series, which I've not watched. But the original series is six episodes long. Um animated by the uh, people who animated Evangelion. A, a person. Evangelion. Okay. Uh, Gynax? <clears throat> I knew this. I even typed this down. I don't know why it's not on my little thing. Gynax, yeah. Gynax. Animated by, by Gynax uh, of Evangelion fame. Fooly Cooly is a coming-of-age story about a boy who lives in a sleepy town. It's got a factory on top of the hill that looks like an iron, and um, nothing happens in this town. No- nothing ever happens. Uh, his brother has recently moved to the United States to play baseball, um, and he spends his time hanging around with his brother's overly flirty girlfriend. So she's significant. She's about five years older than him. She misses his brother, but she sort of just you know she's got this kid following her around, and she, uh, as as teenagers are wont to do. Is quite flirty with this with this child who is just coming into adolescence. Excuse me, excuse me. They're both teenagers, and he's he's just he's just coming into adolescence, and she's a bit weird and a bit flirty with him in in like as teenagers are want to do in a sort of like older, you know, you you know, like the older girl next door style thing. Um, Uh, you you had a different childhood to mine. Different teenagers. That's it. Well, you know, my next door neighbors were old. And one day, a, another girl shows up on a moped. She knocks the boy out and opens a portal in his brain where robots come out from. And it turns out she's wanting to... She's on. She's from another planet, and she's on this planet trying to uh, find her nemesis slash lover who is potentially being trapped on this planet. And the story goes to some fucking wild places. It's got a soundtrack by The Pillows, who is a Japanese garage grunge grunge garage band. And the the entire series sort of has this you know that you know the band from Scott Pilgrim that's Sorry, you cut out there. Okay. You know the band from Scott Pilgrim that has like this sort of edgy sort of like I you know you know you know like, I know, a, yeah. like a garage band you know you know what you know what that that style of style music is like the whole show sort of feels like it has that that energy to it like that sort of like wild energy going on where it, you never really know 
where it's going. It, it some it often just has random jokes just chucked in that are completely out of context to everything else. And the director himself has said that understanding something shouldn't be a requirement to enjoying something. Like there's a lot of stuff which I feel like is never only really going to sort of become clear or even good on rewatches. And yet I was completely enamored with it with it with from from start to finish i know mean, you know it's only six episodes but it's it's like nothing i've ever seen it's it's absolutely incredible um there's one bit where for some reason it it jumps into being animated in south park style okay yeah like an anime anime doing a south park thing like literally like they've got the same heads they do they move around it's all it's all like paper cut out of paper and things it's it's nuts what's interesting about this show is it was released monthly or, or even bi-monthly over the course of the year where they'd make an episode and then they'd go and make the next episode. They'd release it and then they'd go and make the next episode. Like, in, in between. And they even, like, they have moments where they almost, in a meta way, comment on, like, oh, yeah, when we when we did this in episode one, people didn't like it, so we're doing this now instead. Or people wanted more of this, but it was way expensive, so we can only do this for like a minute, and now our producers are yelling at us. Like almost like characters talking to the audience stuff. It's absolutely wild, and it's incredible. Uh, I would. I don't know if you'd if you'd like it, Scott, but it's one of those things where I just sort of like would recommend because it's short I, I, I and sounds it's like I would like it. interesting. And the and the voice acting, I try when I I, I did I watched it dub, and I thought this sounds off like this voice acting doesn't sound great and i switched to japanese and it was the exact same problem where i think it's a purposeful choice just for everyone to sort of like sound a bit like very sort of late 90s voice acting the, the characters almost felt like they're out of metabots you know like that sort of style of talking that they've Meta-me. got metabot metabots that that sort of like like, like the emotions aren't quite right. Like, you, you almost you've always hired voice actors who aren't who aren't really very good at like doing getting across the the stuff that you're wanting them to get across. But it really works. Like once you get used to it, and it's the same in Japanese as it is in English, and it just feels is there's just something quite off kilter with the whole thing and interesting. And it's beautifully animated. Like it's in it's not in widescreen or anything, but it's just absolutely stunning to look at all the time. It's it's absolutely brilliant. Um, it's easily become like one of, in my one of, in my top ten anime straight away, and I'm I'm intending to watch it a second time, quite soon to be honest. Still not sure what I'm gonna do in terms of the sequel series, but because they've released that like ten, I, I heard it's good. I don't know if it's as well regarded as the as the fully Cooley is, but it was released like ten years later. It's very good. It's 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 fully Cooley. Um, you can find that on the internet. That is its title. Yeah, that is its title. F L C L Fulikuli. And what that means is a part of the show where they talk about that a bit. Um It's great. Highly, highly recommend it. And that's the last thing <clears throat> I did of the past couple of weeks, which brings us to the last part of the podcast where something big happened yesterday. Uh and we finally got the <laughs> I first suppose. First glimpse and first sound of the and super, first smell and first smell and first touch and taste of the Super Mario <laughs> movie trailer, and I want us to count down from five, Scott, and both yeah. say good or bad, okay? Uh, yeah, uh, right. scale of, you could say great, or you could say terrible, or you know, you give me a one-word reaction 
to this this Super Mario trailer, and then we'll go into oh. our individual thoughts. Right. So, five, three, four, four, three, three two, two, one. one. Really bad. great. <laughs> bad. What was your issues <laughs> with it? Bad. I All tweeted right. out, Mario movie looks pretty good. And you you just responded with, so bad. bad. I didn't know if yeah. you meant like, bad as in like Michael Jackson's bad, <laughs> or bad as in like, actually it's like like like, like a Michael Jackson's bad. <laughs> like, the whole world the, knows. The two ways I'm of Michael Jackson's bad. bad. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's your issue? Um, I was quite shocked by the trailer uh, in, in in the context of a Mario trailer, I wasn't like, kind of shocked in relative. <laughs> Won't someone think of the children? Shocked in relative sense. Um, <gasps> no, so so all right. To be fair, this movie might be another Warcraft, or it could be a Sonic the Hedgehog. I was I was interested um, and shocked by the extent to which they did not ground any of the characters or setting or introduce them at all. Yeah, it very much expected you to know this shit. Didn't uh, it? Like I, I know that the trailer aired as part of the Nintendo Direct. Yeah, but obviously it's a public trailer. It's the yep. first trailer release, and also we've got no idea how these characters are going to work in the movie setting. That they've not contextualized any of this. I mean, this is a kind teaser of a, trailer. It's a, not, well, it's not, this isn't the first. It, it's full a, trailer. It's a two-minute long trailer. Hmm. It's not like a 30 second teaser. No, you're right. It's a two minute long trailer. There's a whole sequence. So sequence one is Bowser. We're just in an ice kingdom. And it's like, as if to underline how (laughs) contextless this whole thing is. It's like a city in the middle of like a barren ice waste. (laughs) And, And we don't know some penguin people... Bowser and his Cooper army are going up, but of course we don't. Do they actually even use the name Bowser in the trailer? No, they use Cooper, but they don't use Bowser. King of the Coopers. Yeah. So you're it's relying on you to know who these are, and I guess yeah, he's got like an army. It's like a it's like a regimented army in this one, and um, and he's evil. And there's a bit. He's evil. There's a bit of comedy with the penguins throw snowballs at him, and then he burns down their city. Um, and then we cut to Mario. Going, I guess it's his first time in a Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah, that's weird. We don't know. They don't introduce what a Mushroom Kingdom is, or like, you know, who Mario is. It's just Mario meets Toad, and then they're like, "Come on, we're going to the Mushroom Kingdom." Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just um all presented utterly without context or without a clue as to how this is all going to fit together. And I feel like when you're taking Mario, which is a franchise people recognise, but it's like. It's got very like little plot, right? Yeah. So you don't, but you don't need the plot in the games. But for like the movie, I'm expecting some indication of how it all slots together, and I feel like they haven't given me that, which leads me to suspect: is it just going to be a movie of like expecting you to recognise? It's a movie of recognisable symbols and brands, and there's just going to be very little holding it together. That is, I think that's that's definitely a legitimate concern. I don't the, get the, that feeling from it myself. The quippy dialogue did not help. The dialogue was very quippy. High on the quips. There was like five lines of dialogue. High on the quips. And they were mostly quips. There was no qu- what do you mean they were mostly? What, what quips were there? Like, they, the penguins are like, they're like, we'll unleash our fury. And then they throw snowballs at him. And he's like, is that enough? And Bowser's like, yeah, right, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm a joke. Burn you down. A lot of, it's a, a kid's film. It's meant to be appealing to children. Jokes. A lot of jokes. 
<laughs> so many but, jokes. Uh, but a lot of like, I call them like, kind of. I just feel like there was like that was maybe the one joke. I don't kind of sigh worthy jokes of being. I can't like, think of another joke. Bowser looks to the camera and he's like, "Yeah, a snowball like that will stop me." <laughs> that's a that's a very interesting. I think I, if if the whole tra- like if this was a full like first trailer where it had more than five lines of dialogue and that was this all they did. This is a full first trailer. It's not there's a full first There's like two minutes five long. lines of dialogue it, in it. That, but there's action. There's It's two minutes long. Two minutes of footage from this movie. It's not my... They could have had more dialogue heavy scenes in the trailer they wanted. They didn't do it for a reason. <laughs> uh, you know. Because they're just showing off the characters and what the world's going to look like. And it looks it, really nice to be fair. Like, I think the animation's looks, great. It looks like a high budget Hollywood film. Like... Fine. I think um, Bowser I, looks great. I like that he looks a little bit like Jack Black. It looks a bit. It felt like a trailer for like Mario Odyssey. Yeah, and that's I mean, that's the, that's a great Mario game. Look, I didn't think the animation was exceptional. All right. I thought it was really nice. I, I like. It looks fine. It looked it looked good. It looked fine. I couldn't do better. Like I'm <laughs> yeah. sure. I don't see you making a Mario movie, Scott. Maybe yeah. you should make a Mario movie before you judge something else. Like, it was perfectly fine-looking animation. I wouldn't say I was blown away by it. Oh, no, you're not going to be blown away by it. Um, it wasn't Jurassic Park or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they should get some animatronics. Oh, no, they did that with the original Mario Brothers movie, and that was a bad idea. That, uh, I've got a idea. poster of that in my in my study. All right, what, what did you like about it? Uh, I, like I said, I, I liked the look of all of it. I thought, I thought it... I liked the changes to the character designs. I enjoyed... Um, I enjoyed the penguin stuff. I thought I thought it was a funny little funny little joke. I thought it was that was good. Um, I really enjoyed how there there is a bit of Jack Black's voice as Bowser didn't sound like Jack Black, and I liked that. Like I was really worried when they announced some of this voice cast, and we'll get to we'll get to old Chrissy Pratt in a minute. Uh, I was really worried that when they announced some of his voice cast, that Bowser was just going to sound like Rip Dip Bip is Jack Black, but he didn't sound like Jack Black. He sounded like a deep gruff. Villain, yeah, uh, but just looked uh, at, just had some of Jack Black's face mannerisms, which uh, I thought was I'll really. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. If they never contextualize anything, this could be another Warcraft, and it could really <laughs> go in the other direction. I yeah. would enjoy that. Yeah, I think Jack Black's Bowser is going to steal the entire show. Personally, I really like. I just wanted. I, I could see a whole thing of Bowser, and I thought it was great. I liked the look of Luigi and in, in a sort of like spooky area and doing his like his little. Animated things, I thought that was quite cool. I like the look. I hey, just, I... where's Luigi? Oh, he's in his mansion. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, so I think what's happening here is we're getting the original Mario Brothers movie of they're in Brooklyn or New York or New Donk City or something. I bet the movie opens with Mario in whatever city defeating Donkey Kong. You know, like the original Donkey Kong game. Okay. I bet Mario defeats Donkey Kong. He's a hero of the city. He's do- he's but then he- it's like years later. He's doing his plumbing or whatever. He's got his little plumbing business. He's a bit bored, and suddenly, advent he is thrust into adventure. He is taken to the. He's doing some plumbing. He is taken to the Mushroom Kingdom, and there's a then the plot opens from there. Bowser, meanwhile, is trying to get all the power stars, and that's what draws every kingdom has like a power star maybe, and that's what eventually draws Bowser to the Mushroom Kingdom, where he sees Peach, falls in love. Mario has to, was also in love with Peach. It, he has to get her back or whatever, and that's what that's what inspires the venture. Meanwhile, Luigi also goes after Mario, but ends up in Bowser's kingdom or whatever, and then he goes through a load of... The funny thing with Luigi is he's separated from Mario, just trying to find his way back, and he's just scared all the time. That's where I see the plot going. 
right. You heard it here first. If that's the plot, they owe me a million dollars, yeah. Um, my audio went again, so I just need to make another yeah. note of where that went. Um, 139.40. Fucking hell. This is going to be hard to edit. <laughs> Because it's cut out like four times at this point where I've had to make notes yeah. of where I've lost my audio. But for you, it's going to be further ahead every single time. Okay, all right. Uh, yeah, so I thought that stuff was really cool. Uh, Toad sounded good. I thought Toad, Toad sounded cool. I, I like the squishiness of his of his face and his, his head. He was a little bit too energetic for me. I, th- I think they might ruin Toad. Toad. Toad's always been a bit energetic, but this, this guy almost seemed like he was... Like on a sugar rush or something, or taking speed. All right. Um, Chris Pratt's Mario voice. Then this sounds like Chris Pratt. It, it doesn't quite like sound Pratt. like Chris Pratt, but it doesn't sound good. Like I, I heard it, I was like, "This isn't offensive," but I've listened to that clip a few times now, and he's not a good voice actor. He, he I know he did the Lego Movie, and it was, that was that was pretty good as like a, your average Joe guy for like comedy purposes. But when he's like trying to enthusiastically say. Mushroom Kingdom, here we come. It's so flat. Like, it just feels flat. And it's not offensive or anything. It's not terrible. But it doesn't feel like an energetic Mario. Uh, I just, it's, it's, I'm still not sold on it. I don't... I've decided I don't think Charles Martinet doing the Mario voice for a 90-minute movie would have been a good idea. And this is probably a better idea than that. But I just don't think Chris Pratt has the voice acting chops to be a leading heroic character like this. I just can't see it. Um, and then that clip we got there was feeling flat. And, and, and granted, we're like we've got clips from shows before. Granted, I, I think back to Matt Smith in Doctor Who, where we heard that clip at, like ahead of time, where he goes, <laughs> "I am the Doctor." And you are the Daleks, and it just sounded like absolutely terrible. And you know these things change, and as uh, even but, but the difference is that was like recorded in like a rehearsal yeah, room, yeah, and never meant to meet the public. Yeah, this is an officially released trailer. It is, yeah, and things do change even from trailer to, to release. You know, they 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 choose different lines of dialogue for different things, but it did sound. I don't. I just don't think I'm going to like Chris Pratt as Mario. And I think that's probably going to be the worst part of the film, which is good for the for the main uh, character. I, just first of all, just a reminder: Chris Pratt is a fundamentalist Christian who donates to Republican uh, politicians and anti-LGBT charities. Yep. Not charity, well, organisation. I guess they're legally charity. Anti-LGBT kind of organisations. Just a bit of a shit person. Also, I'm going to say. I listened to the trailer in French, and the French language version, so much better. I think, was a bit better. Yeah. I might watch it in French. <laughs> How are you going to watch it in I French? Think, uh, maybe. Uh, I mean, I can speak a bit of French. I'll put on subtitles. But I mean, like, we, it's not going to show in the UK in French. You have to, you have to travel French to France to swap to in watch dumpster, it in French. In a French dumpster, I'll find the French version. <laughs> yeah, French the, uh, the other language versions of Mario, they sound more Mario. They've got, like, the... the they're sort of like they've got little elements of the high pitch sort of yips and yahoos and things, and I don't know if maybe they use the same voice as the actors for Mario over there, but I don't, I don't know how that works. But yeah, the, the the French Mario sounded better, but then I do like Jack Black as Bowser. I think Jack Black's doing a really good Bowser. We'll we'll composite our own audio track. I wonder French Mario in English. Could Bowser. you imagine Charles Martinet redubbing Mario in this film? Because you could, because yeah. you could do it. 
Yeah. He could he could do it. I think that would be great. I would love to see the Charles Martinet cut of Mario. I don't think he will do it, but you you if he was more ballsy or if he didn't need this job for like either the next game that comes out, then I could see him do it. Oh, they're not going to change Mario in the games, are they? I hope not. No, they, well, well who they won't knows? be able to get Chris Pratt, but I do wonder yeah. could they consider going that route of being like, right, we've got to make him fit more than movie voice. Well, we have a Mario the movie the game. There's not been a it's not been a Mario game in a while since Odyssey. Was the yeah. was the last full Mario release? I know you. Well, I suppose I suppose Bowser's Fury kind of counts, but that was more of a side game. Maybe, maybe we will. Maybe they will announce. I felt like they would have announced it by now. I suppose we'll see. Um, any final thoughts on the Mario movie? Um, I mean, I never hope a movie's bad. Well, <laughs> sometimes. Uh, but, Look, yeah, I just um, wish they were releasing we'll... it on Valentine's Day again so I could force you to watch it on Valentine's Day. Like, like the Sonic <laughs> movie. I'm looking forward to watching it on Francais. <laughs> yes. That brings us to the end of the podcast, uh, which I'm going to have a hell of a time editing because of my technical issues. Um, Scott, if people want to find you on the internet, where can they find you? Uh, you've Scott VAH on Instagram, and that's uh, pretty much it, really. Okay, very good. If you want to find me on the internet, you can follow me on Twitter at Cal Doughty. Currently a locked Twitter profile, but you're more than welcome to request to follow anyway. Um... Leave a review for the podcast if you like it. If you don't like it, please don't leave a review. Uh, five stars, please. And we'll be back in two weeks' time. What are you doing over the next two weeks? Got anything big coming up? Um, looking at my calendar frantically. Um, no, probably not, actually. Probably some horror films, I imagine. Probably some party business. Some party? Um, well, you, political so, party. Some socialist party yeah. business. Yeah. Political party yeah. business. And maybe some party business. <laughs> What about you? Some Splatoon Three, probably. Splatoon Three, probably. Uh, um, I don't. There's doesn't until Bayonetta Three at the end of the month. There's no big game releases that I'm considering. So maybe I'll try some indie stuff that's out there. Uh, actually, there's been some Game Pass stuff I want to give it a go. There's like there's like this Doom like that's been released on Game Pass that looks quite interesting. Oh, yeah? It's it's done in the style of the original Dooms, uh, but with like okay. modern stuff it looks it looks interesting i think you might i'll send you a link to it at some point i forgot the name now but it looks pretty cool um yeah nothing really that i'm like oh i need to be doing this we'll see uh two weeks time new episode thank you very much for listening have a safe couple weeks goodbye bye